everybody. I'm Bob. I'm Jake. And we are here in the very first Nailed It, the podcast. Absolutely. Now, for those that won't know and are maybe going to stick with us as we keep going with this, the podcast name kind of comes from a band Jake and I are in, which is called Nailed It, the band. Uh, I don't think we put the band on it very often, but <laughs> it's now we're going to have to separate because this is going to be a wildly successful podcast. I'm sure we're very professional. Uh, I, uh, I myself am the singer, play some guitar. Jake's also a singer, plays guitar, generally the lead stuff because he's better than the old guys he's playing with. <laughs> um, also two other guys who aren't here and they don't deserve our recognition. Uh, <laughs> from here on out, they were referred to in the podcast as Bald Dave and Never Ken. <laughs> uh, and I hope when they hear this, they understand why. Uh, Jake and I are going to get together from time to time, talk about music, what's going on locally. Probably spend some time talking about what we've been up to and what's going on. I know he's got a lot more going on than I do. I just play music a lot, but this guy does a lot more, so we'll get into that. But uh, welcome. Let's see if uh, see if we can't make something entertaining out of this. Yeah, let's try and be entertaining so for, what, for once. Yeah, for once. Yeah. <laughs> Short of when we're on stage and we're not entertaining <laughs> at all. We're, we're a hell of a good time, but uh, not necessarily entertaining. Now, I think that's not true at all. We're actually very entertaining. <laughs> We're more entertaining than some bands that actually practice. So, oh my god, it's fantastic. So, uh, what do you got going on? I know, I know what you have going on. Let's <laughs> let the people know what you have going on. Uh, I mean, aside from nailed it, recording some of my own, you know, solo individual music uh, that's written mostly by myself. Music-wise, it's mainly by myself. Lyrically, because I'm absolutely horrendous at writing. Oh, stop! Lyrics. You've never seen my songs. <laughs> Uh, a lot of times it'll be I'll write some music. I give it to my older brother. He writes the lyrics because he's the he's the writer. He's the right. He's the lyricist in the family. Yeah, kind of. Wish I had one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've uh, been writing and recording some solo music. Just had that song come out uh, this past week. Yeah, past week. Yep. Uh, had a new song come out under the band name Big Happy Fast Mother Monkey. Yeah, I, I was hoping you'd bring that up <laughs> because. Uh, I thought I was uh, unique in naming bands with different things, and I really want to know what that's about. So uh, my brother came up with the, the name years ago. He used to work at a thrift store in the donations department, oh. <laughs> and <laughs> someone had donated a bag of those magnets that are just random words, mainly like for kids. To right, make to sentences. spell, learn to spell and whatnot, yeah. And he, he just took a handful and threw them, and the words big, happy, fast, mother monkey stuck to the wall, and he took a picture of it then. Wow. And he, I, I will always remember this because he showed me this picture. That's like super like rare and yeah it was super perfect. weird and he took the picture and he showed it and he's like dude wouldn't this be an awesome band name and i was like yeah and then a couple years later you know fast forward to the present day him and i were writing some songs and we're like let's release these and like what are we going to call this and <laughs> he's like dude big happy fast mother monkey why you know? wouldn't you you have it it's right <laughs> it's right there we've been sitting on it for years and i was like oh my god that's perfect so we then released uh the first song uh, Rebel's Curse as Big Happy Fast Mother Monkey. <laughs> Other than writing the music, I've, you know, I've been training with professional wrestling. 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 Uh, and you're doing that. Give your shout out. You're doing that with? Three Legacies Wrestling. There it is. Three Legacies. Here in Pennsylvania, from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, but yeah, I've been with them since November, training every day. Well, can't go wrong with that. Your first match is August? August 19th at uh, Clipper Stadium. 
Clip or Clipper Magazine Stadium in Lancaster. There we go. That's our big. Uh, that's our big event. Tickets on sale soon. If we can't promote our own extra stuff in here, <laughs> why not? Because we literally don't play but what ten times a year maybe anymore. Yeah. There's a full band of what we have. One more show. Two. We're well, down in Lancaster. We have in Lancaster April. in April at the Riverside, and we have a Sherman's Creek date in like December. I mean, on my side of it, I'm literally in what one, two, technically three functional bands, but five total. <laughs> And uh, my main gig, Ghostlight Radio Show, is busy, like yeah. 60 gigs a year busy. So I try to fit in time with us whenever I can, whether it's duo gigs or the full band. And I just can't remember when everything is. I know we play Sherman's Creek in December. I know we play Riverside in April. Aren't we at Valley Tower? Or oh, that's me and Dave. You and Dave. Yeah, we do. As a as a duo, there's always a consistent Valley Tavern uh, show because we love it there. In, uh, in usually, some... usually it's me and Dave, um, just because. We were doing it before you joined the band. You were doing your own thing, which yeah. you still do, of course, too. Yep. But, yeah, there is one of those many dates I booked without checking my schedule, and <laughs> lo and behold, I had a show, and I just told her that I'll, uh, I'll have you and Dave, uh, well, you in general, I guess, specifically cover me. If she was okay with that, she goes, I don't care what version of you guys it is. <laughs> she was just happy that we were we were there. They they do enjoy us there. It's always entertaining there. Yeah, we have a good time. We have a good time everywhere we play. So <laughs> We're here to talk about music. And the local, anything local. That's agencies. right. That's right. And we'll find we'll find ourselves a little more of a structured system, I think. So you had a gig last night. I did. I had a extremely last minute uh, gig last night down at a uh, VFW in uh, Lebanon. <laughs> I was sitting at home just bored out of my mind dog sitting for my brother and i texted my brother-in-law i was like hey does uh, this vfw need any music because i'm bored <laughs> he's like give me 20 minutes i get this phone call 20 minutes later and he's like the speaker's there you just got to bring everything else i walked in and there was three people sitting in that vfw uh, best. <laughs> the <laughs> best <laughs> but you know it was i played from i think for like two and a half hours and you know, as time went on, a handful more people showed up. My wasn't a wasn't a real busy Saturday night. I've played there a bunch of times, and it's one of those you catch them on the right night, you'll get a good. Everything's crowd. great. If you don't, eh, too bad. You'll play a night like last night. Yep, <laughs> they, they were super cool though. Like they, you know, they they all they keep this Yingling bucket there for me when I'm when I come around. There you go. And they'll pass the Yingling bucket around and. And and so what some people don't realize, I, I know there's people out there, and this is not an attack on any of the people I know in music or people I don't know and just know of or whatever. There are some guys that just won't get out of bed without getting paid, and I get that. And that's not the guys. I know a few few guys, uh, and as we, as we go on with this, I'll definitely highlight people, get some guests in maybe. But one guy in particular is a friend of mine, Dave Gates. Dave is excellent. Dave does it for a living, mm-hmm. and it was probably only, I'm going to say, I might be on the timeline because of COVID, maybe four years ago. He just decided, I think I'm going to play music for a living. I haven't picked up a guitar in 10 years. Yeah. And now he literally plays like 700 shows a year. He has a set. You have a minimum. It's a business. He doesn't just go out and do gigs for 100 bucks because he can or for the tip jar anymore. And I get that. But I would be more than happy to do that for yeah. places if it's just me. I would never expect us as a band to do that. Right. I would never expect you and I to show up and hope we get enough tips to make gas money. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if it's just on me, I just like to play. All right. You know, I, I don't I don't fight over that, but it's been a long time since I did a solo gig, so it's been a long time since I had to worry <laughs> about that. I do have one coming up. I was going to say, you got one coming up. March 21st at the Falls Hotel in uh, York Haven. My first solo gig since maybe it was 2021. Yeah. Oh, what year were we shut down? I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember anymore. It seems like forever ago already. 
That's like I went back and saw some pictures of I was in Transylvania 666. I had forgotten that that was pre-COVID. Oh. <laughs> but it was pictures from when we played at Fats. Oh. We did two shows at Fats. And oh, fat daddies, rest uh, in peace. Absolutely, I love. I love. I, I, you know, people had a lot to say about that place, but I, I spent my entire musical career playing in there. Yeah, like that was one of the. It was actually the third show I ever played in my life was on Fat Daddy stage, and that was some years ago. I don't feel like putting out how long we've been <laughs> doing this. It was just twenty-one years ago, in November, was my first gig ever. Yeah, so I didn't start to my mid twenties because you know, I took. From ninth grade till I was twenty four to yeah. not do music because girls and parties. <laughs> I have said for years I was a drummer then, and if I'd have stayed doing that, I probably wouldn't be a singer. Yeah, uh, maybe. Who knows how music works? But I'm much happier doing what I'm doing. So. See, I didn't know you started out as a drummer. Started out as a drummer, and uh, and I started late. I didn't start till I was in sixth grade. I was thirteen or fourteen. Really? And everybody else in the band at the time had been playing since they were like six, seven, eight. Yeah. So I I had to do like separate lessons with the teacher and stuff to get caught up. Um, I just didn't – I only just began to start to play a whole kit yeah. when I quit. And I quit okay. because in my high school, and probably many high schools still, all these many, 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 many years <laughs> later, I had to be in marching band to be in concert band. Gotcha. And when I got okay. into high school, they didn't tell us there wasn't a split because concert band in our high school was a lot – obviously it was a bigger deal there than it was in middle school. Yeah. And I had just started to learn to play the kit for – concert band okay at the end of my eighth grade year and then i switched to ninth when i got in ninth grade like well no you still gotta dress up in the the silly outfit and go do parades and With a little and, plume and, and everything and stuff. i'm like <laughs> i quit uh i am out I, like if i'm not just playing drums in the you know for for concert band or right. or and they did a lot of stuff for like whenever there was plays and stuff the band i, I didn't i was out and i quit and yeah i i, I mean I probably wouldn't have stuck with it anyway. Uh, in high school, I was pretty scattered about. I was into this, that, anything. I was forever into comic books. Is another topic. We'll I would get say on. that's been a I, I, yeah. common ground for you and I. Uh, and I, I desperately wanted to be a comic artist, but I just, I didn't apply myself because at the time I was too busy trying to learn ten different things at a time, be involved. Yeah. So I, I've always said that. I think that's about my guitar playing too. I've, I'm, I've always tried to be just good enough to do something, so I can do the next thing. Yeah. And I never perfect anything mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's just being i guess it's a cliche why it's a jack of all trades master or none right kind of thing but yeah i i, I didn't have any consistent this is what i'm going to do i thought i was going to be some kind of art yeah like some kind of graphic arts and life didn't work that way and here i am selling beer for a living and <laughs> putting as much of my free time into music as possible yeah i'm not a big guy on fate or you know things of that nature i'm not one of those people I definitely think I the, the path I'm on is because I had to go that route. Right. Like I had to stop playing and come find it again. Mm -hmm. When I found it, I was the totality of it was I was going out to see bands. I was getting into live music, which I wasn't. My couple, first couple of years of my twenties, I didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. I was a, a hip hop guy for a while. We don't. We don't. <laughs> um, there is no good hip hop anymore, so it doesn't matter. I was going out. and I had a friend who was a bass player, another friend who was a guitar player, and they're like, "We should just start a band." I'm like, oh, "I'll sing because that guy's awful, and I can't be any worse <laughs> than that." And that at the time, and that was 2000, 2000, 2001, you could go literally go out in York. You could go out probably six nights a week and see entertainment yeah. somewhere. Everyone was open. There was always something going on. It was it was a different time. It was for probably five or six years after I started. It was just you played a show. It didn't matter if you were the opener, whatever. There were people out. Yeah, People just went on Tuesday night. You could see a band. It was, it was crazy. Now you're lucky if you can find an acoustic guy playing on a Tuesday night. 
I think I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And I wouldn't have got there if I hadn't gone through the leaving music, coming back to music, what was going on in my personal life at that time that got me the time to, you know, oh, I'm going to be a singer. Yeah. I'm going to be Aaron Lewis. <laughs> that, that didn't work out for him or me. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I sing country now, too. So <laughs> maybe I got what I wanted. Stain was big then. Sorry. That, that was new metal days. That was a different time. Yeah. We all get where we need to be, right? I mean, or where we want to be eventually. Now, clearly, I am a few years older than you. <laughs> so you're already at a different place just musically than I was at your age. I was only just getting back to it. Yeah. You're like putting out songs every other week. So <laughs> we all have different roles to play. I mean, you, you started young, you know, yeah? Yeah, it, it's actually kind of crazy. Like the what you just said was the same for me. I started out as a drummer. My older brother, you'll hear me reference my older brother That's all the time. Influences are what they are, man. Absolutely. I always say my older brother is my biggest influence for music, him and Alice Cooper. Um, <laughs> we'll get on that subject. <laughs> he took drum lessons for a while, and I used to go with him. Like uh, Our dad would take him to drum lessons. I'd go with him. We'd wait or do something while he's at drum lessons. And uh, we had a, a drum kit down in the basement. That he used to practice on, I you know me being access to equipment means yeah. just go ahead. It's so, like me being a curious little kid. I'd see him beating on the drums, and I'd I'd ask him, "Hey, you mind showing me a little something?" And he just showed me the little simple like hat kick and snare beat. From then on, I just started learning my own things and teaching myself how to play the drums. I, yeah, see, I didn't have that access, mm-hmm. um, so I didn't have any way of just. Going ahead and doing it. And right. I just, uh, I never showed any, my mom was actually surprised when I said I wanted to play drums. Like, yeah. I didn't show any musical interests. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know I had any. Um, <laughs> and then a uh, similar situation, I kind of just stopped playing, but never lost a, uh, an interest in music. I always liked music. Oh, yeah, yeah. Music is, music has obviously become more important to me in the last 20 years than it was the 20 before that. Yeah. But it was always, a th- I mean, music. Whether I understood it or not, music was a big part of my life growing up. It oh, was, yeah. It should be anybody's. And if it's not, I feel sorry for those people, honestly. Any music. It doesn't have to be what I like, but somebody should have it. You right. Know, it, should make a, it should make an impact in some way, or it's not doing its job. Yeah. And it, there's a. it's actually really funny. I'll, I'll have to come back to this part. Circle around. Yeah, because like, I was really big into you know doing music class in school and like i would always be the first one to volunteer to play an instrument or something right. even though i didn't know how to play it i wanted to be that guy that get got your chance you know or yeah. you won't get it yeah and uh so then you know fast forward a couple of years i think this was around like middle school ish uh my brother w- was given a guitar from our dad and he you know he'd sit there strum a bit and and just random stuff and I'd kind of just kind of look and I was like yeah that's kind of cool and uh, I showed some interest in wanting to play guitar then and my dad had then bought me this book I still have this book it it was one of those like you get it from books a million or something it was right. the book that came with the instructional DVD that oh went boy. with the book and see this is dating <laughs> me because we got we had books that came with instructional with tapes uh, there were tapes but I was not in it then so but I do remember that but yeah I mean there was always something but DVDs would have been nice Hell, <laughs> even a VHS something so I started you know I put the, I was watching the DVD following with the book and it would it would teach you you know start out with your basic chords I could not play a G chord and it would mm. 
I would get Me so <laughs> I'd get so irritated, and I remember just getting so mad that I could not f- make a G chord, and I just put the guitar down. I said, "I'm not playing. I I can't do it. I rage quit at playing guitar." That's a weird one too, uh, like to not be able to figure out even as a kid. Yeah, uh, like I can see the F because I still can't play that right. Geez, not that that just seems like a weird chord yeah. to get, like to be your wall, but I guess we all have our things. I was also that kid because the guitar was bigger than me, so the guitar used to like lay flat on uh, my lap, and I'd have to like try and like, bend my wrist yeah, to break your wrist backwards <laughs> and snap your fingers out of place to make yeah, it. And I just couldn't do it, and I put the guitar down, and I was like, maybe I'm not gonna play. The guitar. That's not gonna be me. Yeah, and I didn't touch the guitar for at least like three, four years. So when did you like? hit back into it and really feel like you were it was really weird because i would i remember this so vividly i was cleaning my, my bedroom and the guitar always just sat in my bedroom i you was just didn't do anything with it yeah it, like your clothes hung on it and shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and you know i was cleaning and i was like yeah, i wonder what would happen if i tried you know picking it up again and i picked it up i put the dvd back in and the next thing you know i because because i grew bit grew a bit and my fingers were bigger and I could actually play a little bit more. Right. So I started being able to do the chords. However, I didn't like the songs I was learning. Like it would make me learn Twinkle okay. Twinkle Little Like Mary Had a Little Lamb. Yeah, and all yeah. and I was like, I don't want to learn these songs. Like I want to learn the songs I listen to. Then I just kind of started learning by ear. And the first mm-hmm. song that I learned on guitar was the intro to Closer Closer to the Heart by Rush. Was just that that yeah, op- you picked a rush <laughs> lick. Uh, I was like, I wonder if I can play Brain Stew by Green Day. He's all like, yeah. I'm gonna rip this Van Halen lead my first time. <laughs> and I, because I remember this so vividly, uh, my uncle having the uh, the Rush 30th anniversary DVD, and there was a bonus feature that was Rush and Bare Naked Ladies with Bubbles from the Trailer Park Boys playing closer to the heart. It was really weird. Uh, I'll, de- I'll just show you the clip. Uh, yeah, I'm, we're definitely going to have to look at that at some point. Um, and I was watching Alex Lifeson play the intro, and I was like, well, that doesn't look too terrible. And, you know, I would just kind of try to mimic what he does. And next thing you know, I was playing it. And I, sh- I said to my brother, I was like, dude, come here. And I played it, and he's like, since when can you play guitar? <laughs> exactly. And not only that, play That's a Rush song. <laughs> and... Uh, so that was kind of the motivation I needed was that it impressed my brother. And well. then I was like, maybe I will keep doing this. And, you know, just continued to listen to songs, learn them, started learning the chords, how to actually play chords. And then I had said to my mom, this whole moment sticks in my head. She took me to the bus stop to go to school. Stop, get the mail because we we lived in a trailer park. You had to go to the community. Right. Oh yeah, I did too, and I was young. Yep. Yeah, I got to go to the community like area to get your mail, and she had got the mailboxes. Yeah. yeah. And so she had gotten this r- just random. I think it was actually for my brother. Um, just this random piece of mail from Carvin Guitars. It was just like one of those like, hey, we got a sailors kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, like a postcard mailer and stuff. Yeah, it, but it was like a mini catalog. Oh yeah. Of Carvin Guitars. I, r- I remember getting stuff like that. I had recognized some of the people in it, like Santana was uh, in the magazine, Joe Walsh was in the magazine, there was a couple other people that I didn't recognize. I was looking at this, and I said to my mom, I was like, you know, I think I want an electric guitar for my birthday. That's uh, that's a good way, I mean. 
and it's a, an organic way to get into it. Yeah, and I had been playing the acoustic guitar for a while at that point then, and I was like, you know, I, I kind of really want to play electric because I grew up as a metalhead. Right. And I Which we're going to come around to. Yeah. Uh, your, your musical tastes <laughs> are amazing to me sometimes due to your age, but I want to get into why you're into that stuff. But uh, let's <coughs> let's keep talking about how you play before we get to what you play. So uh, I had... You know, I told my mom I wanted this guitar. I wanted a guitar for Christmas. Or not Christmas, sorry, my birthday. And she then took me, I think it was later that week, to the, to the local guitar store that was in um, Anvil called Marty's. Oh, Marty's Music. Yeah, it used yeah. to be in Lebanon, but they moved. Yep. Yeah, I'm a Lebanon boy, if, if you remember. So yeah. I, I, that was I always got to remember that. Marty's and Menchie's. Uh, yeah, yeah Menchie's. the only place you could go. So she took me to Marty's the manager there who knew us through my brother and like oh, gotcha. through the family and everything. He kind of explained to him like, you know, I'm looking for my first electric and nothing, you know, nothing chintzy, but nothing top shelf. Yeah. You're not looking for a Gibson, but uh, you're <laughs> also not, you're also not looking for a first act. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so initially I almost went with a butterscotch Telecaster. Oh, I do like a good Telecaster. I didn't up until like five years ago. Like, ah, <laughs> Fender. And for the sole reason is that Rush video, that's what Alex was playing in the video. Well, that's like, how you find what you like. I yeah. mean, that's, I and think that's where I get my love of PRS guitars from. Yeah, I mean, I think you, f- you see what your favorite guy's doing. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, well, that must be how you do it. You have to play that guitar. You can't be that guy. Right. Um, I mean, clearly that's wrong. But, <laughs> uh, I know people that just buy gear so it, because it, Oh, well, that guy plays it, so I got to be that guy. Yeah, but right. you, you, you can't play like that guy. <laughs> uh, the guitar does not make you better. Not at first, anyway. A good guitar can make you seem better. But anyway. I had the, the Telecaster in my hand. I was like, this is the one, because this is the one Alex Lifeson plays. But then my mom was like, look at that one. And she's pointing to the corner. I look around, and I was like, never mind. That's the one I need. Like, that's the that's the one I need. Forget any other guitar that's in this store. It was a... Dean Dimebag Daryl signature model. I am not surprised. <laughs> In fact, I've wondered a long time why you don't have one of those. I do. It, oh. It, and I still do to this day. I will never get rid of that guitar. It was my first guitar. It's the, you know, the X shape. Yeah, oh yeah. With the lightning and the everything. The lightning on didn't have the Confederate flag on it, did it? No, no, that, no, yeah, no. None of that stuff, yeah. They had two different versions. They had the blue one, which is the one that he's a little more known for playing. Right. And then they had this black and green one. I got a thing for black and green. I like the color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a Ghostbusters thing for you. It, but anyway, a little bit. It's like it's like ghost. It's like a Slimer thing. It's like a Ghostbusters. A little bit of like Degeneration X. Oh yeah, too. I, like, I I forgot. We haven't even got into more than just that. You <laughs> wrestle. You're you were you were brought up in a different time. So yeah. your your wrestlers are different than my wrestlers were. Yeah, a little bit. But I yeah I would have I should have thought DX should have been but, the first uh, thought. But yeah, I had said I was like that's what. That's the one I want. My mom, she's like, all right, yeah, because she, she knew who Pantera was, uh, and she knew that I liked them. I don't think my mother to this day knows that. <laughs> 71. And so that was what we went with, and that was my first guitar. And like I said, I still have that guitar, and uh, we'll never get rid of that guitar, regardless of whatever situation I'm I kind of wish I still had my first guitar, but I also don't because it was a piece of junk samic that i got from my old guitar player the neck was twisted and, oh. <laughs> but it was like it was like candy apple red it was just bad and i but i didn't care it was the first guitar i ever had yeah but i almost immediately got rid of it i i actually tried to trade it in they're like yeah we can take this <laughs> so i actually was gonna just toss it but he's like i'll take it 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think I ever would need to have that guitar, but And from from that day then it was kinda like you know how when you hear about tattoos, like you get your first one and you don't you you can't stop. You can't stop. As soon as I got that first guitar, I needed to keep going. And I got I was getting guitars after guitars then and I had just this whole plethora of It's funny that you say that <laughs> sitting in this room where yeah. I have <laughs> What six or eight guitars on the wall alone that I never play, <laughs> um, uh, but well, I think I'm up to what is that one two three? I think you got six up there. One two. Yeah, you have six up on the wall. Or no, six. The I got my little slide guitar. My mom bought me a cigar box guitar that I um, <laughs> I just can't play it. Got three down here, and I've got my got one behind my me. acoustic, my main acoustic, and I've got two downstairs. Yeah, I, my bass is being fixed right now. I even have the decor decorative. One that our friend Christina painted for us oh, yeah, for our, yeah. our 10th anniversary, or 15th or 20. I don't know. One been of your a long time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, telling me about a guy who collects things that he doesn't play all or have. Yeah, I I have to physically, like, slap my own hand when I'm on the Internet. Like, oh, look at now. <laughs> nope. Now, like, I've I've gone up and down. I'll have a bunch of them, and then I'll get rid of some, and I'll sell them, or I'll upgrade them. Right. But now I'm kind of set with the the gear that I have playing now my Iceman, my Ivan as Iceman who is my go to uh, <laughs> it's it's hey I'm a KISS fan. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I know I give you grief a lot. I, I give you a little shit a lot about it, but I mean there's a reason that different styles of guitars and music exist. Yeah. Because people are into different things. Just because I'm a I'm an opinionated guy if you haven't noticed. <laughs> um and I do love to throw it to people when I'm like, ah man, what what's wrong with you? But <laughs> My tastes are not everyone's tastes, so it, it is what it is. I mean, you you got to like what you – I mean, anybody has to yeah. be comfortable with the instrument. You, Of course, I don't care what anybody says. There's people who are like, well, the looks of something doesn't matter. And it yeah. still does. Like, yeah. you, want, you don't want to play something you – you're never going to see me playing, you know – An Iceman. <laughs> and I, I'm not, I'm not going to be playing a Dimebag signature. Like, not because there's anything wrong with those. That's not me. That's not my style of play. It's not the way I think guitars – in my head, that's not the look I'm looking for. Yeah. Again, I'm a PRS guy because uh, that's what I saw going on. Oh, and they're amazing guitars. I just, uh, I'm not a PRS guy anymore. I am a Twin Dicks guitar guy. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I am now, I, I now own a custom guitar. That's stupid. Um, <laughs> there are people like you that should have custom models, and I'm just like, I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Rich, my my guitar player, my other band that uh, makes those things. So uh, someday we'll get you one of those. I need a crazy shaped twin dicks <laughs> oh I, he'd probably do it i'm trying to convince him to make an acoustic and he basically <laughs> told me to go jump off a cliff <laughs> he's like i'm not buying all the equipment that you need to bend the wood and yeah. so I'm, i was like all right what about like a semi-hollow like i know you got a cnc router and stuff you can make that happen he's like we're not we're not doing that either like, <laughs> i'm just gonna keep trying maybe a hybrid like my goat maybe you can get there you go that. yeah it's still the same body style buddy just put, a, just put a piezo in. Yep, yep. And <laughs> put, you got to make it so it'll, it'll it'll slot some acoustic strings. <laughs> Listen to me, because I know all about making guitars. I'm yeah. Can't even play them. Please finish your story. So uh, once I had then gotten like all these guitars, I've been playing for a while and getting to a certain lo like skill level. I was I was ready to start joining bands and playing in bands. I had done a talent show. I was a sophomore. Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. And so like three years ago. <laughs> no. He's not that young, folks. What was it? Probably eight years ago. I, I think maybe like. Sophomore in high school, you would have been 15 or 16. 
if I remember my okay, ages. Okay, yeah, so yeah, so almost 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 10 years ago. Now let's just let's call it 10 years ago. Yeah. Picture just it. Just to make me feel better. <laughs> Picture it. High school. Um and 2013. Oh my god, I'm so old. <laughs> I you know everyone was like, "Oh, Jake plays guitar, like why don't we have him, you know, be in a talent show?" And I was like, "Ah, eh, fine, I'll do it." Like and this is when I had switched schools and I didn't wa- I didn't really want to be the popular kid at this school. Gotcha. And well, playing guitar, I'll do that. Uh, at least back in my day, instruments. Yeah. Oh yeah, you don't play sports. And so, we don't like you. And so I, I walked out, walked out on this stage in front of 300 students with my Dean Dimebag signature model and a Marshall 112 combo amp. Actually, you've seen it. I, I played, all the solid state. Oh, oh no, this was a oh, valve state. Oh, I had one of those too. That was actually my first amp. It's the, State. Well, you've seen it. It's the one that I brought with the Craft Haven. Oh yeah, yeah. That that you still have it? Oh yeah. I played Eruption. I was that kid that played oh. that played Eruption into Foxy Lady, and then ended with Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin. You know, everyone's cheering and, and shouting. Isn't that nice? It it is nice. And that was my first taste of playing in front of a crowd that people liked. And because there's a there's a story with that then too. Oh, um, I'm full of stories. So after the talent show, you know, I finish and I walk off the stage with my gear. And the closing act for that talent show was a band. I had run into the band that was getting ready to play, like backstage or like in the hallway. Right, right. And the the, the dressing room yeah. of the <laughs> high school. You know, they were talking to me. They're like, hey, man, you're like, that was really cool. Like, you're a really good guitar player. And that was kind of it. Like, I didn't really say anything else. And I was like, oh, thank you so much and this and that. That was that was it. I then went and sat in the crowd then to watch the band play. And I watched them play, and I was like, oh, my God. These guys are terrible. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so fast forward, I'd say maybe about four or five months. Get a text from a buddy of mine who was in like my English class, I think. And he said, "Hey, my sister's boyfriend's band is looking for another guitar player because theirs had left." Wonder where this is going. And so he's like, "Do you mind if I give him your number and you guys get connected and you join the band?" I was like, "Sure, man, absolutely," because I was looking to join a band at the time. And uh, the guy texts me, and I realize who it is. And it's the front man from the band that I had seen at the talent show. <laughs> oh, Lord. Did they get any better in four or five months? Well, so we got, we got connected, and he was like, oh, yeah, let's get together and jam. So we got together and jammed, and then from then on, we, like, we wrote our first song the first time we jammed. And then I was in this band. I'd say we were together for about two, three years. And, uh, you know, then creative differences, and I had – in a band, <laughs> shocker. A high school band. At yeah, that. shocker. Uh, but I had then left the band, and then I would, you know, band after band after band. I've been in and out of bands, and mm-hmm. now, now I'm in this band. Yeah, well, I'll, I guess I should count the days then. Uh, <laughs> well, I locked you into a podcast. You're like, well, got to stick around. Is it correct? Well, to be fair, there's a ton of, we have a ton of movement to this band, and it's loose that we can. I'll go do our own thing, or, oh, yeah. or you know, and, and our and our bandmates are in other projects. I'm not sure about Never Can. Uh, I'm not sure if he's doing anything else these days except to fill in here or there. Good old Bald Dave has 
couple projects. He's oh, got yeah. he's got obviously us. He does acoustic stuff on his own, which not so much anymore. He pretty much does whatever I ask him now. Now I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> Again, it comes like we all have other things to do, but we come back to this because we can. Yeah. You know, I don't think there's ever been a time when I asked you guys, "Hey, are you guys free?" and one of you wasn't available. Yeah. You know it, or made yourselves available, and it seems like we play more anymore than D- Dave and I do, which yeah. is fine by me. Um, it's just. The versatility is nice. Do you remember the first time that we played together? Yes. You and me? Yeah. But you, you, mean, <laughs> you mean the show where I got a call saying this kid showed up at the bar, this kid Jake, do you know him? I'm like, yeah, I know why. <laughs> and uh, this is at one of our favorite places, the Union House in Richland. Um, not only a good place to play and good people, but the owners are friends of mine and just, you know, we'll, we'll always do things for them. But, uh, yeah, the bartender, <laughs> Anna, calls me up and says or messaged me and says, yeah, this, this kid Jake, you know him, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, why? What's up? Well, he uh, he's looking to book a show or something along those lines, and said you're going to be with him. I'm like, oh, am I? <laughs> um, so of course, then I had to get a hold of you. I'm like, I didn't know we were playing a gig, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm all down for it. But maybe ask me before you tell the bar I'm coming. No, um, I I remember because uh, we were hanging out doing something. It might uh, I don't know if oh, who knows anymore. I forget one. It was one of the first times, like, or actually after a few times we had hung out. Yeah, I mean, it was enough that I would be willing to go play a gig. Yeah, with you. and you had said something like, oh, let's get together and jam sometime. So you just set it up. <laughs> and so I had said, because I was looking to get booked at the Union House, and I had then casually said, like, I think you and I were talking about getting something right. together. And and she ran with it. Yeah. Well, uh, full disclosure here, every time the band plays there now, whether it's the three of us or two of us, the damn band chalkboard says Bob Patterson and nailed it. I'm like, <laughs> first of all, I haven't lived there in 27 years. Nobody knows who the hell I am anymore. Just put the band on there. But she thinks it's funny, I guess. I don't know. It's fantastic. It's, it's like one of those, like, uh bands from the 50s like doo-wop bands yeah, yep. like, like bob patterson or as as our friend egan calls me whenever i'm doing any country songs with ghost light it's cowboy bob country bob okay, okay. country bob country and the bob. fish for some reason he thinks that's a band <laughs> name i'm like that literally sounds like something from the 50s so i'll have to remember that if i ever need a countryside project oh yeah says the guy who if you'd have asked me five years ago to sing a country song i probably would have just spit on the ground and walked away <laughs> and i'm like oh look at how much people like this i it must be something with age, I guess, or me not being stubborn because I'm getting older. Whatever. As every show, we play Morgan Wallen and Luke Bryan. Well, I mean, people like it. I do like a clever drinking song. Country definitely does that. Oh yeah, these country songs, these new country songs are all about drinking and breakups. I say that like the old country songs weren't about drinking and breakups. There was a song I forget who plays it, but it's the the name of the song is something something about a truck. I think it's called. Oh Lord, that could be. And anybody, you just this is when I was super against country. Well, you just put out like a song title for the any every any or every country <laughs> song for the last forty years. Something about a truck. <laughs> That's the title of the song. I know. Song. I actually I believe I'm familiar with that title. I saw it because I think I had the same reaction. Like this is again. This is when I was super against anything that was relative to country. I had that phase too. My n- now sister-in-law. She's the one that got me into country. She gone country? Oh, my God. She showed up in her cowboy boots and wearing a cowboy's jersey, so me and her don't Oh, like, that's uh-huh. that's a different level of cowboy. Anyway, um, <laughs> and that's, it, yeah. So, she w- like, she'd show up playing these country songs, and I was so against it because, like, like, you know me, I, I'm a metalhead. Yeah. 
And so, you're a you're a old school metalhead, like original metalhead too. So I was so against it, and I used to complain or not complain. I used to just kind of gripe about it, and where I would say like, all these songs are just about like drinking, driving in their trucks, their dogs, or something <laughs> stupid. And then she plays this song, where <laughs> every verse it's he starts out saying something about a truck. And then in the next one, he's like, something about a dog. And then something about a girl. And it, like, This might be the perfect country song. It, and I was like, this just proves my point. Oh, my God. That was a long-running <laughs> joke. I think there was a joke years ago. They said, uh, what do you get if you play a country record backwards? Get your house back, get your truck back, get your <laughs> wife back, get your dog back. And that was a joke when I was a kid. So it, that's, a, that's definitely a theme. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I went through the thing. I mean, I grew up, my mom listened to country, but she listened to country to me. She listened to country when it was country. Oh, yeah. When it wasn't drop D guitar players who couldn't make it, getting right. a guy who could sing twang and play his acoustic over top of it. Yeah. A big one for me when I first heard was Jason Aldean. Okay. I don't really, I don't dig a lot of his stuff anyway for some of the stuff I can listen to. Yeah. But his stuff is literally, you take out the acoustic guitar or the way he sings, uh-huh. and it could be any modern rock drop D song. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, that's and that's and and that was 15 years ago or whatever that started. That's That's been a trend, and I get it. Um, and it does work. There is some stuff that's cool about it, but to me, that doesn't. It's too rock instead of country. Yeah. And some of the pop country is too pop. I, I again, I'd get up in the morning, go downstairs, and, you know, as a little kid, my mom's got the local country station. It's like Willie and Waylon and Johnny yeah. Cash and you know, and Reba and stuff like that. Yep. And that that to me, that's that's a country song. Oh know? yeah. Um, there was that weird '90s thing before you were born, <laughs> um, where it was the Shania Twain thing, and Garth Brooks is guilty of that a lot yeah. garth brooks never wrote pop songs he never tried to write songs for pop radio he did try to write a rock album but we won't get into that <laughs> but his songs crossed over i mean friends in little places you could theoretically at the time back then you could hear on a pop station because people just oh, wanted yeah. to hear it but shania twain blew that up oh yeah shania twain was taylor swift before taylor swift even was thought of that's a perfect way to put it and it made a bad taste in my mouth because then then you get things like florida georgia line which Uh, i understand why people (laughs) like them but they they are not they're party country yeah uh luke bryant same way i'm sure he has a ton of songs that are just country songs yeah but he's going to be forever known for country girl oh absolutely that's going to be his song and that kind of stuff like I noticed once I got into learning the songs and looking into the songs, guys like Florida Georgia Line, there's a running joke with the country. They're the Nickelback of country because, as you know, Absolutely. there are a bunch of people in the rock world that think Nickelback's trash. I'm not one of them. That band is better than I enjoy them. 99% of the bands I've ever seen live. Oh, yeah. And I cannot fault a guy who can write a song, even if it's the same three chords every album, yeah. with the simplest stuff. And make millions off it and then write eight or nine other songs on an album that sound nothing like that that are just good songs. Yeah. You get a bad reputation. You know, it's they literally a band that came up in the time of the internet. Yeah. Like, nobody was talking trash on the Allman Brothers or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because if they did, what would you do? Would you, did you write into your local paper? Right. You know what I mean? Like, did you send them a telegram? I don't know. what how she, I mean, I'm old, <laughs> but I'm that old. It's so easy to trash things. That yeah. That kind of thing. The fact that Nickelback is so hated, there's a Nickelback of country. Like, they can use that as a yeah. standard. Everybody's like, no, I get that. I guess it's something for everything. Florida yeah. Georgia Lions sold more records than I'll ever write, and they have their own bar, and they have their own they, their brand. They, people know what they are. I sing one of their songs every weekend, but I like how people react to it. Yeah. It comes back to that music should make people feel something. Yeah. If that's what people want to hear, 
that's what I'm going to play. Right. I mean, I got a line. There's some things I'm just like, I, not because I don't want to do them, because sometimes it is that reason, but uh-huh. because I'm not going to sing that well. I don't think that's the song for us. But for the most part, if it was some kind of top 40 hit on any chart, yeah, I'll probably do it because I like to entertain people, and that's just how you do that. If you're in a cover band, that's how you do it. If I wanted to write music for me, then I'd write music. Right. And I wouldn't give a damn what anybody thought. Oh, absolutely. But I do it for the entertainment. That yeah. goes back to like the doing the tip jar thing as opposed yep. to if I make some bucks, sure. Yeah. Do I have a dog at six downstairs that's costing me a fortune right now? <laughs> absolutely. I'd love to do a show every day a week for a while. But uh, you know, money's nice. Yeah. But it's not the It's not it's not the main reason I would have loved to have been a working musician. When I started there were bands that were working cover bands. Yeah. They played all the time. And I just assumed for the amount of people who were out and the amount they were playing, man, those guys are making it for a living. They barely could cover costs. Yeah. When I got to understand what they what was involved with the travel and everything back then, like, you know, if those guys cleared, you know, a hundred dollars a week that they could keep, that was a good week. I'm like, Well, I can't do yeah. that. Like, but right. I can go to work every day and then go play on the weekends and make money. Again, it all comes down to whatever you are interested in doing. Right. You know, whatever level of commitment you want to give it. You can sit at home and play all night and not play for anyone and write every song in the world. You could sit. We could sit here in this room every week and jam instead of talking. Right. Or we can do as we do. We can go out on stages and entertain people as a single, duo, trio, whatever we do. I love that about Nailed It. Yeah. I love that we can go do our own thing. And obviously you and Dave do that stuff more alone than I do. But we can do the duo in interchangeable. We've already done it. Oh, yeah. You two play it or we play it or he and I, you know what I mean? And the fact that we can, we found a way to the three of us to play, yeah. which has its, has its ups and downs. <laughs> three guys with acoustics don't always exactly work it out. It's called practice, folks, and we don't do it. Why would you practice? What fun is that? And, but the four piece is nice, too. I do like having drums. I'm oh, not, yeah. I don't naturally keep time well. Like, it's a little weird for me. I can, I guess I can keep my own time if it's just me. Right. But it's easy for me to lose when it's me playing with someone else. So I like, I maybe that goes back to me starting as a drummer. Maybe I've always just felt the drums. And the drums are important. I don't know. It's just, it gives us a versatility that I don't have in any other of my bands. I've never had. I couldn't right. just be like, hey, you guys want to go do a three-person gig tonight? Nope. Yeah. Why would we do that? You know, that was the kind of thing. So I'm grateful this band exists. This band has had a long history. And I think we'll spend a whole episode talking about the history of this band, yeah. what it was at the beginning and where it is now at some point. It's nice to have a brand, if you will. I don't think we explained what we are and why we named the podcast this. We didn't explain why we use that name. Right. The idea is, I mean, there's memes and, and, and sound bites all over the internet. of you Nailed it. Nailed it. You know, people are just not quite getting it, but yeah, it's close enough. And Right. Truth be told, that's what we were going to call it was close enough. And then we found out there was someone literally within like a 20-mile radius of us, radius of us an acoustic act called oh, really? Close Enough. And Dave and I are like, oh, well, we got to change this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not. you're not going to get the perfect version of everything out of us. Oh, yeah. We will do anything we can. We'll try anything. We literally will look up a song on the fly and try it. That's like that video I have of us. Oh, yeah. Was someone asked for Waterfalls. Waterfalls by TLC. And we did it. And you know what? It wasn't terrible. Did we finish the song? No. But did we do a good enough job to make them happy? It's all that matters. If you look at that video, you can see the whole time I'm staring down at, at the, the iPad. iPad. <laughs> and I'm scrolling up at the iPad to remember <laughs> the words. Yeah. You know what? Internet, man. So helpful. And the only uh, reason I knew the harmony part to that song was because I was familiar with Weird Al's version. <laughs> with phony, Another one of your musical with, loves. With phony calls? Yeah. Well, yeah. it... Uh, uh, see... Al's more uh, more important to music than people realize. Says the guy who's never actually seen him. 
three times, I've, and I met him. I've been a, I've been a Weird Al fan since like day one. Since, oh yeah, you know. Well, not quite day one. I think he was doing his thing before I realized it, but easily early '80s. I was. Yeah, he was my first concert. I went and saw live. As your first concert? Yeah. Live. Yeah. I I had a girlfriend at the time. I was seventeen. And she was really into it. My buddy was a year old, two years older than me, and he was dating one of her friends that was older. And like, we got these, con- we really want to go to this concert. I'm like, she's like, I bought it. I'm like, his parents were loaded. I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, whatever. I've never been to a rock concert. I was, I was full hip hop then, yeah. full hip hop. A little bit at that time was I started getting like Pearl Jam and and some of the early '90s grunge stuff was starting to turn me around because like I grew up on everything. Right. I've always said I listened to pop radio. When I was young. Okay. So Michael Jackson and could be, I'm a huge Hulu's and News fan. Yeah. Records hanging on the wall. My, say, my ticket hear. stub. Thank God I got to see that show before his hearing went. I, I'm all over the place, but I'm also the first, pr- I'm actually surprised of all my memorabilia here. I don't have a Tupac poster up somewhere. Oh, yeah. I, I just, there was things I was into. And at that time, I was not into seeing live music. Uh, live was live music. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dual on, double entendre. Um, um, ja. <laughs> there, they they were just getting big. You know, lightning crashes was all over the radio. And I was like, oh, I'll go. And yeah. I remember, I forget who the first band was, but Sponge was the direct support. Sponge. And at that time, I don't think anybody really even knew who they were. Yeah. I just remember sitting there watching that show and being so blown away by the lights yeah. The sound of the music, like I had never experienced anything like that, and I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed them at the time. And then they got past their second album, and I was like, "This is the worst, <laughs> worst, weirdest thing I've ever heard from a band I was really into." And I've sent men since met the guys because they're all York local, and for a while when they yep. weren't doing anything, they were always around. Yeah. Um, the bass player Pat was out at a couple of my shows a couple of times. It's actually, very complimentary. Always like, "You guys are great." I'm like. You're the guy who has like Grammys, cool. Um, <laughs> and of course, we got to do a show at their building yep. here in New York last year, and that was kind of—I mean, great, great people, great room. Yeah, um, super cool. Yeah, it was a super cool experience. But I was—I'm still not a huge fan of that band. Yeah. But good guys. Oh yeah. Um, and to say that, that was my first ever concert <laughs> to me, like everybody's like, "Oh, that's cool," but they don't know my history with them. Like, oh, right. I rallied against live music for years. Somebody be like, "You want to?" No, no. Bands like, hey, can you guys play Lakini's Juice? Get out of here! Get out! <laughs> you get right out! Of, you right out! But I'm, you know, I'm, it's I guess again, with age comes wisdom or whatever. I, <laughs> no point in hating on something. If I don't like something, I don't like something. Right. I, I don't have to. No one else has to agree with me, mm-hmm. but they should because I'm very right. <laughs> Five finger death punch. <laughs> looking at you, I just, uh, I think it got me in a place. I think that's when I started listening to more rock music and yeah. getting more involved in it. I was behind on all the things that were the trends or the the big thing at the time, like Nirvana hit. Yeah. And I I didn't I didn't listen to it enough to get it. My buddy was real into it. He was real, he's he was hardcore punk rock for a while too. Like he was Green Day before anybody knew who Green Day was. Like I heard okay. some of their early stuff before Dookie came out. Like right. I'm like I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, it, uh, but I you know Nirvana was I only really appreciated till after Kurt killed himself. Right. Allegedly, too soon. <laughs> um, stuff like that but like I, I latched on because MTV actually played music back then so you could actually hear the songs uh, new stuff so that's where I heard Pearl Jam Jeremy first okay. time and I was like man these guys this is great like there's story here this is amazing and STP when Plush came out and I just really got into that stuff and it, it pushed me into the rock stuff I think the one thing that really changed me for wanting to reform was Stained as I mentioned earlier and Limp Biscuit of all things Limp Biscuit was they're kind of fun to listen to now, and it's a joke in itself. But at one point, they were like the biggest band in the world. Oh yeah! And 
the new metal era, them, the Lincoln Parks, and and just that whole thing really turned my ear. Right. To like, oh man, this is like we should go see concerts. But mm-hmm. I didn't see any of those bands in concert. I was at a time in my life financially where you don't go to concerts every week. Right. Unlike now. And <laughs> I got better. I wish I had, you know, been able to see more of those bands in their prime. Right. But uh, it informed me of what kind of singer I want to be, what kind of musician I wanted to be. And Breaking Benjamin, of course. I, I think anybody that knows me and those that don't know me, I mean, they're they're probably my number one. The signed guitar behind me that I didn't need to buy, but I did anyway. <laughs> drinking at concerts is cool, kids. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, I have his signature back there. And, and as I mentioned before, I'm in a tribute band whenever we play, if we ever play again. That was, and that comes back to the PRSs. Yeah. When I first started seeing Breaking Ben, Ben played PRSs. I'm like, what are those? Because I didn't, I didn't, I you know, I probably had seen Santana playing one in a video or something. Had no oh, idea. Yeah. I didn't know guitars enough, but I was like, what? What's that silver thing he's playing? Turns out that was a baritone too, way, way back. Yeah. So it, it informed what I visually thought bands should be, how stuff should sound, how much different. They don't sound, listening back to how I was just listening to them this morning, just put them on in the background. They don't sound as revolutionary to me as they did in 2001. Right. Like they don't, they sound like a product of that time. Like his yeah. early stuff, you can tell he loved Tool to death. Like he was trying to write some Tool songs and be a little that kind of aggressive. And, and but I think they, there's a sound now. It's not, oh, Breaking Benjamin sounds like that. It's more, that's what Breaking Benjamin sounds like. Right. But I think that's more modern for them. And there's bands like Motionless and White that just rip off their stuff. <laughs> I like that band, but their whole thing now is sounds like all Breaking Ben songs. I don't it know really why. It really does. I'm surprised he's not suing them yet. Maybe he's too old and doesn't care. Yeah, I, I think you find stuff, you go from a live concert to... You know, now Beartooth concerts. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure we can spend a whole episode oh, talking about Oh, we could do a whole Beartooth episode. If there's one band the two of us agree on 100% and all, all in on, which is weird considering where all your your mainline musical, I think, where where your your feel-good music is and where mine are, are completely separate apart. Yep. Yeah, sure, we have lots of stuff we like. That's but, a band that doesn't fit any of the main genres we... It's we rock listen. music, yeah. but it's... I didn't get into any of that. I don't, for lack of, a, I don't know what to call it. It's not really metalcore anymore. I guess it's hardcore. I don't, I don't know what they classify that stuff as anymore. Yeah. I guess metalcore is as close as it gets. But I didn't get to into. That's another one. Didn't get into any of that stuff till probably you know ten years after it was. Yeah. Some of the older stuff, like uh, Day to Remember. I think we've talked about this. I didn't listen to them at all in there. I heard a song or two on the radio. Mm-hmm. Now I'm regretting it because like man, their stuff is, their old stuff is excellent. See, I was the same way, especially with a Day to Remember. The exact same thing. I knew a handful of songs. Right. I knew I made a wax Larry. I knew And that's probably my first time hearing them. It was either that or the Since You've Been Gone cover. Okay. Um I, I don't I'm pretty sure uh Made a Wax Larry came out before that, but I don't I don't know the timeline off the top of my head. But either way I'd heard, you know, those songs. Yeah. Going back to like those albums, I'm like, Man, they're it, I got I went down a rabbit hole on YouTube one night just watching old videos and I'm like, Man, we missed out like on their prime popularity yeah and i guess we would have been the old people at the concerts but that <laughs> happened a lot to us we were the old people in the back watching the kids rock out when uh when we went and saw them with Beartooth back right. in, back this past summer like i said i only really knew made a wax larry downfall of us all and if it means a lot to you right those were the only songs i really knew, knew. right when they came out and opened it with downfall of us all i was like well shit this yeah. is one song that i knew uh, one, gonna... out, one out of three this is gonna suck yeah but um yeah same situation as i regret not listening to that growing up 
I've had that kind of experience with other music too, not just growing <laughs> up, but just in general. Even you know, the last twenty some years, I've been doing music. Yeah. Um, there's stuff I wish I would have been in on earlier. Mm-hmm. I'll get into conversations with like other bandmates and stuff, guys that you know. I have guys that in some of my other groups that were you know music majors and all that, and they're talking about all this like real technical like metal and stuff. I'm like, cool, man. Yeah. Cool. So they use different time signatures. That's cool. Um, what is gent? No, I. I what is that. gent? Is <laughs> that a Jeopardy question? You're an ass, Trebek. Anyway, I think you can't be where we are musically, and you've got, I mean, I literally have double the years on you. Um, <laughs> feeling old here, folks. You can't be where you get if you don't have some diversity. Yeah. I know guys that are just set in their ways. I've known. I've known guys. I don't really, I mean, I don't, I guess I've distanced myself just by default from people that are just very narrow-minded about, you know. I still have the occasional argument on, on the social medias about cover versus original. Right. There's still always some guy who's got to make a make a, a a comment. I usually stay out of that stuff, but I used to have full on like text arguments with people. Oh yeah. Because I I guess lack of a better term, I mean, it kind of hurt my feelings. Right. Like my one feeling that I have left. <laughs> but it was it wasn't about me. I realized it was about them. It was right. about being closed minded. I don't care if you only want to like your stuff or someone's stuff, and that's all you like. But I would. I'd find it pretty hard to, that anybody could show me one musician that didn't learn someone else's song first. Right. You, we talked about this earlier. You didn't pick up the guitar and play your own song the first time. Right. You know, everybody's played a cover song. Oh, absolutely. Including your favorite band. Yeah. You know, some of them, like, say, Metallica, mm-hmm. have made, like, money off of going back oh, yeah. and recording the covers they were known for when they were just in a garage. Oh, yeah. They literally called it Garage Days, for yeah. God's sake. <laughs> I don't. I never understood that, and it, I, I realize that's about someone else's hangups than it is about mine. Yeah. Um. And I had a good friend of mine, who I actually ran into at my show last week. I haven't seen him in probably ten years. He come yeah. walking up. Hey, man. I'm like, whoa, John. <laughs> but uh, he he was singing at the time too, and he was doing like he was doing your Godsmack, you know, not new metal, but I, I don't know what they call that anymore. Oh. Grunge. Like the early 2000s? Early 2000s, rock? like butt rock. Yeah, um, I was just going to say butt rock. I mean, that was their kind of, they did a lot of that stuff. And, you know, they were playing full three-hour nights like we were and stuff back then. And he and I had a conversation about it because he saw one of the posts somebody was going off about. And he said, you know, those guys got to go up and sing for, let's say they have a headliner. They got to sing for 45 minutes, an hour. Yeah. Singing their songs that no one knows, but there's our songs. So if they make a mistake, who knows? Because we got to stand up there and sound like, in three hours, got to sound like probably 30 different singers. Right. And do that every weekend. Yeah. So why are they better than you? Mm-hmm. Like, that came to me in a very, like, you know, I think I was still in my late 20s. Like, it was a very important thing to say to me. Yeah. So I fought against it since. Yeah. I rally against those who think it's not cool to play music. Oh, absolutely. Look, I'm not good enough to write my own songs, or I never put enough time into it. I, I've shifted my opinion. I say that now. I didn't put enough time to it over these years, a couple here or there. I didn't spend a lot of time songwriting, so I didn't get better at it. Right. Maybe I wouldn't have. I kind of. I'd like to hope I can. I can write. I used to, as a kid. I used to literally like write story. Like you know. Oh yeah. Sure. So I. I. I'm capable of writing. Um, I overwrite. That's my problem with songs. I write. <laughs> I write a rap song. In a rap right. song, you can have a 45 minute verse and then yeah. get to the chorus, and nobody cares because you're telling that story. Right. You don't cut it down to four minutes in a rock song. Nobody gives a shit. They, you lose it. Yeah. And I. And that's one of my struggles. But I. I think that's not the end all and be all of something. Like I. I envy that you can fire off a song so quick you tell me i got these ideas and then three days later you're releasing it to the world like i'd be like i'm never letting anyone hear that <laughs> but I, I also hate the sound of my own voice and recording can't wait to listen to this back oh i do too i absolutely hate my own voice well i think you're supposed to 
Yeah. I think if you sit and listen to yourself singing a recording and you're and you're man, I am the greatest thing ever. Bro, you're not Freddie Mercury. You're not right. the greatest singer ever. Yeah. Um, which by the way, I I do firmly believe he is by far was the greatest singer. Oh, absolutely. World. Um and I didn't appreciate Queen when I was younger. Yeah. But maybe it's cuz I got into music and I understand vocals and that there'd never be and they say that was, you know, genetics and his 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 palate and stuff yeah. and I just I don't think how could anybody be that good again? Oh, you can. And anybody w- hears this later and wants to fight me over this. Axel Rose <laughs> is the greatest singer ever of all time, or had the greatest range of all time. Yeah, I mean, if I start from when I started to where I die, and I take a sample of all my singing, I'm sure my range got real good too. Like I can't. Axel in 1986 has had this range, and now he's got. Who gives a shit? He can't sing like that anymore. <laughs> Have you watched that video of him singing uh, "November Rain"? <sighs> At the funeral? Yes, it's so bad. You you actually told me about oh, that. I, think, and I okay, went and yeah, looked yeah, yeah. at it. Oh. oh, what what a piece of anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm allowed to say what I want to say. It's my podcast. Exactly. We can do what we want here. Absolutely. Um, and I'm not here to trash talk. Maybe a little bit as we go on. I, there may be some trash talking. Um, but you know, I think we've rambled a good bit here. This is probably a lot longer than we wanted it to be. Oh, yeah. I think we're clocking in about. Almost an hour well, and a half. Uh, one twenty. We had some ramble before we really got started, so we've probably been doing this a little over an hour. Yeah. So that seems like more than people want to hear from us. Um, <laughs> but I do want to think down the road. I'd like to get into you know we can spend time talking more history and and uh, what we got going on. And I'd certainly like to talk about some local music. Oh, um, absolutely. Just local bands. I don't care if we spend five minutes ever every week just spouting out local bands we like or whatever or whatever we're into. I definitely got some albums I'd like to talk about. And, oh yeah. They you know, it. gigs coming up. Obviously, we'll promote our own stuff and maybe at some point we'll slip in a song. Yeah. Play some acoustic or, you know, I'd like to get guests in here. Maybe we'll get Bald Dave in here. Get Bald Dave in here. You know, I said never can for a reason. <laughs> Love you, buddy. I know you're going to listen to this, but you just don't know when to stop talking when you say the inappropriate thing. So I don't think we can have it. Well, I mean, I guess I can, <laughs> I can always edit him out. You know, and, and other people. There's plenty of guys we know. I mean, we should get your brother in here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we should have your brother Absolutely. come down and do some stuff. We'll, we'll talk and chat. And we, we clearly have... Uh, you have a, another venture. I want. I want to actually get that in here because we should have talked about the beginning. Besides your wrestling, what's oh. your, what else do you do that that I'm very in, inv- invested in? Literally. Uh, so I've been involved. It, it, I've been involved with uh, a company called Paranoia Comics. It started. For, my brother is one of the founders of it. It's an independent comic book company. After a handful of years, my brother had said to me, gave me the idea. He's like, "Why don't Why don't you write your own story?" We'll we'll hire an artist and we'll we'll bring your story to life, and so I was I was a hundred percent into that. And with my love of music and well, it's more actually it's a mutual love between clearly from what you were telling me, yeah. yeah. Uh, from my brother and I's mutual love of both music and comic books, we came up with this story together called Mr. Melody, and it basically became where him and I came up with the story together. And like I said, he's the writer. So I we took the story that him and I came up with together, and he kind of put it to words. As they say, used to say back in the day, I used to see Mama reading. They uh, I'd get an issue, and then all of a sudden, my favorite artist that was on that X Men book, or all of a sudden, he wasn't just a penciler; it was plot and pencils. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's it. you. Your 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 ideas and your plot line. You just needed him to flesh out the words. Yeah. Yeah. He scripted it. Oh, absolutely. And um. So we went we went from that direction. Then uh, once we had it scripted, uh, we had re- reached out on Facebook in a 
in random group chat of uh, independent comic book artists. And we had put out a poster. We said, hey, here's the storyline, you know, music-based superhero uh, looking for an artist. And we had this gentleman, we call him Junior. I think his, it's hard to pronounce his first name because he's, he's from the Philippines. We hired Junior to do this book, and his art, you've seen it, is phenomenal. It really is, folks. <coughs> it really is. You know, we just finished the, the art, so the art is completely done. And we're in the process of the lettering, which is on me. So I have to get that finished pretty soon. We're shooting for free comic book day. Which is May, right? It's, I think it's the first Saturday. First, first Saturday in May, usually? Yeah, first Saturday in May for free comic book day. We're shooting to have that be the official release date. We actually have a signing book for that day at um, Complete Box in Ephrata. Excellent. So we're hoping that that not only to celebrate free comic book day, but that'll be the official release of the Mr. Melody book. And, you know, I'll be there to do signings. I think my brother is going to be at another store doing the, same doing, doing the same thing, but for his book, Necromance. Okay. Yeah, we've spoken about that before. Yeah. Obviously not on the podcast because it's the first one. First episode. But, yeah, so that's kind of what I got going on with the comic book. And then, you know, you were ever so gracious to put, oh. a, put an ad in the book. Right. And we've got some of our other friends that are now putting ads in the book. Uh, my friends in Defiant. Oh, excellent! They have an ad, they have an ad in it. Our good friends in Lynnhurst now have an ad in oh, it. Oh, there we go. The boys. Yeah, we've got all kinds of other people that were so nice to uh, you know invest some money into funding the book, right? Helping fund the book. A, a good friend of mine. He's a local radio host on oh. on Rock Rage Radio. Okay. Um, Nip Nice. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has an ad in the book. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah, we've gotten some good local artists that have invested. You. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> for me, it's a no-brainer. It's a comic book. It's music-related. It's my friend, my yeah. bandmate. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I'm excited to see the finished product. I mean, you've shown me quite a bit of the, 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 the artwork from different stages and yeah. stuff. So I'm, I'm. I don't know if I ever showed you. Once we were, we went into the lettering phase of everything. Yeah, I was throwing in little Easter eggs throughout the whole book. And there's characters throughout the book that are wearing shirts with all of the band logos on it, <laughs> all of the local bands. That's how it should be. So there's there's one character that's it's actually I think it's I think I made it the bass player in the in the book is wearing a hot and dangerous. Well, shirt. that would make sense. Um, the bass player in the book is also a female. Yes. Yes, playing a yeah. thunderbird. That's an Easter egg for our listeners in itself because that means something to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll even get. Those folks on the pod, one we one definitely day. should get them on the yeah, show. Yeah, well, I think we're gonna, just going to say that's going to happen. They don't know it yet. They don't. Yeah, they don't know it yet. They'll be here. I'm trying to think who else we've. Oh, we we put Defiant, we put Lynnhurst in, we put a nailed it logo in. Yeah, and then uh, we did one where there's a a panel with a uh, a news reporter, and it it's like one of the articles that's going on, and it's we put the Gunmetal Gray logo <laughs> up, little, up in the box, yeah, and like the little the, GMG logo. That's cool. Yeah, man, it, you have enough connections with friends, and yeah. local support means a lot. I tell people at every show I do now, and I have been doing this for long years before I was in Ghostlight or anything else, I tell the audience every night that if they didn't show up to see us as a band or you play acoustic solo or go to Hershey and see Guns N' Roses or whatever, right? none of us get to. 
Do it. Also, also side note, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not going to see Guns N' Roses. Oh, absolutely not. Even if I like them, I don't. Spoiler alert. Um, You might have heard me talking about Axel. <laughs> Great band. Can't stand the singer. I'm not spending $300 to barely see it from the back of Hershey Stadium. Oh, absolutely not. I- I've seen concerts in the back of Hershey Stadium for like 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. You know what? Piss off. That's uh, it, This is insane now. This is the amount of... That's a whole nother... That could literally be a whole nother show. There, about a, what they charge for concerts now because someone was a big thing 30 years ago. There's a, there's a story. I'll quick tell you this will be my last story. Um, <laughs> you have lots. When I, this was 2016 and uh, Paul McCartney was coming to Hershey. Okay. And I, th- I needed to go because I've been a Beatles fan ever since I was a little kid. Right. Go and on. Um, <clears throat> I said to my mom, I was like, I don't care because this was going to be, she said, I'll get you tickets for your graduation. Mm. Uh, i'm old anyway i've said that a few times go on and so she i told her i was like i don't care where i sit i just want to be there to say i saw paul mccartney right the experience of it and um one of my actually they were both bandmates of mine from a really crappy band that it was a cover it was a really crappy cover band nailed it It Uh, no (laughs) nailed it was a thousand times better this was it was me my height, actually, I never even had him. He was the school's music teacher. Oh. And our, my, my friend who was, I think she's six years younger than me, but she was a fantastic musician. So, and we had another guy who was our drummer. That's, it was very weird. That's a weird setup, but it go was, on. It was please. very weird. Tell me more. But, um, so it was me, uh, our much younger friend, and our music teacher. Because our music teacher's a diehard McCartney fan. This dude's got like 16 of the violin basses. Oh, this dude has too much money. But anyway, <laughs> I didn't know teachers made that much. Especially <laughs> music teacher. He was selling drugs, man. Anyway, <laughs> go on. And so we said, my mom was like, all right. And we all, like, they all chipped in and bought the, bought the tickets too so we could all sit together. And we bought the cheapest tickets we could, 100 bucks each. That's and, fair for McCartney. And this was sitting all the way in the back at the top row of Hershey Park Stadium. We were going to make a whole day out of this. And, you know, we were like, all right, we're going to leave early and we're going to get there. And keep in mind, like I said, I had just graduated, so it's not like we could tailgate. Right. And so we get there. You know, we wa- we we had to park in the lawn area. You know, you got to walk across the right, street right, and right. stuff. So we walk across the street and they're guiding us. There's like a guide, the security guards that are walking us over to the stadium, which was super weird. I had never experienced something like that. They, they stopped us. And they're like, you, you can't eat. We couldn't even go to like that part, little parking lot area between right. like the stadium and Chocolate World and all that. They're like, you can't go here. And we were like, why? And they're like, Paul's not here yet. So you, you have to wait until Paul is in the building for you to go in that little parking lot area. Oh, and cool. so we're standing there just kind of waiting. Next thing you know, here comes two cop cars, a black van, and two cop cars following us and leaning out the window. Pointing at all of us is Paul McCartney. Oh, shit. And he's yelling at all of us. He's like, oh, thank you guys so much for coming. He's waving. And I'm like half, I'm like next to crying. That's, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Then he goes in and they let us into the parking lot area. Where, and they had merchandise and, you know, 105.7 was there and a bunch of other like radio stations right, right. and places. But then we got to watch him sound check from like we could peek through the fence. Oh yeah, he and he did like he sound checked with Lady Madonna and he sound checked with Hey Jude, and so we're watching him play these songs. And, you know, it's all a good time. I bought my T-shirt then, and right, right, right. 
did we get in? We get into the venue. We sit in the seats. I realized that they were kind of shitty seats, but I didn't care. I was about to see Paul McCartney. We're sitting there, and we're waiting. We're all excited. Here comes this lady. She walks up to us, and she's talking. And we, I thought it was just some random jabroni that was coming up and right. talking to us. But she's like, are you guys excited? We're like, yeah, this is really cool. This is my, this is my first time seeing Paul as for my friend. Our music teacher, I'm pretty sure this was his, like, fifth or sixth time seeing Paul. And uh, all his drug money, so he <laughs> he'd fly all over the world with his coke <laughs> and go see Paul McCartney. And so she's thought, the lady was like, are you, she's like, do you guys like to sing and stuff? And we were saying how we were in this cover band, and I'd say 85% of our set was either Wings, Paul's solo stuff, or Beatles. And so we were telling them this, and she's like, that's awesome. She's like, can you guys do me a favor? And, I, you know, me just being the person that I am, I was like, sure, no problem. She gives us tickets, and she goes, go to the front row. And when he does... uh yeah, hey Jude. She goes, I want you guys to sing as loud as possible. I snatched those tickets and me and the three of us ran to the front row. That is awesome. And That's we were, awesome. And we were front row for Paul McCartney. And when he did Hey Jude, you know, he, he does the na 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 part and they're showing the whole crowd and he he stops, the whole band stops and he just has the crowd sing. It's so cool. And then, you know, he's like, All right, this side sing it. All right, this side sing it, the middle sing it. And we look up on a big screen, and there's me, my my one of my best friends, and our music teacher on the big screen singing along, singing along to Hey Jude. If you look up the video on YouTube from that show, you can see it. We're up that on is, the that's screen. That's actually kind of awesome. That is that's, that's a, super awesome, actually. That's a show I will never forget. And for a hundred dollars for the cheapest tickets, we got sent to the front yeah, row. Yeah, you got front row tickets. Like he, he did, live and let die, and you could feel the heat off the pyro. Uh. Well, folks, that was the inaugural first episode of Nailed It, the podcast. One down, many to go. That's right. We'll, uh, we'll continue to entertain mildly. We should have at least three to four followers by next week. Yes. Uh, <laughs> two of them will be us uh, and hopefully our two bandmates. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> my wife. Uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, she might not even listen to it. She's not a big <laughs> podcast. We're not talking about murder. She's not going to listen. Uh, murder, 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 kill, kill, kill. Now she'll listen. She'll do Boom. the tag words are in, the keywords are in there. Once again, I am Bob. I'm Jake. We are... Nailed it, the band, and now nailed it, the, the podcast. podcast. We'll see you all next time. Perfection. We are professionals.